And welcome, everyone, to this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. I am your humble host, John Allen. Very humble today because I'm in the presence of three very bright individuals. I think they can be very useful, to not just to me, but to all of you American expats out there. We're going to talk a little bit about expats and taxes and taxes and expats. How does it mix? How does it not mix? What's good about it? What's bad about it? And hopefully we can clear up a few misunderstandings. This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I have with me Anthony Parent. He is the main voice behind the IRS Medic program on YouTube. We have John Richardson. Uh, I ask you to go to his webpage, citizenshipsolutions.ca, find out more about the work that he is doing. And we also have Keith Redmond, who is the voice and the face and the writing pen behind the Facebook group American Expatriates for Residency-Based Taxation. All three of you are doing very important work. Um, I want to say, Anthony, to begin with you, I'm a fan of your show, uh, your show where both John and Keith have been guests uh, quite often on YouTube. Uh, tell me about your program there. Why did you start it? What is your purpose? Because I believe you have a very concentrated and focused pur- purpose. Tell me about it, please. Yes. Yeah, so this is sort of uh, my mission in life, I would say, um, that for whatever reason, God granted me these various skills and aptitudes and, and things, and, and, uh, and I'm in a position where I can comment on what's really going on. Um, and um, so I started the program because why not? Um, I just started hitting record. Now, I didn't get into the whole international taxation for a bit. I really started as just doing regular tax resolution for people who couldn't afford their taxes. And, and, you know, I was pretty good at that. We handled more of the high-ended cases there, larger businesses. We we did that. And then the 2009 offshore volunteer disclosure came around and uh, someone called me. Um, I wasn't advertising for it because I didn't even know what it was. Um, And I remember the client came in and we learned about the F-bar together. Uh, We learned about, wait a second, this, whoa, we're like, whoa, they could really hit you with penalties here. Um, and so that 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 uh, triggered my entire interest in this offshore program. And I went through the program with the IRS and I learned firsthand what their limitations were um, and how complicated everything was and that the IRS itself really didn't know a lot of things. And they were making things up on the fly as they went along to deal with um, far more complication than anybody ever had to, to deal with. Um, this journey of mine has enlightened me in a way that I don't think I would have gotten a- any other way. Oh, wow. And really, yeah. It, I mean, just, I, I am, I am far wiser, uh, far more measured, um, and seeing the world truly as it is. And one of the greatest awakenings that I've had is I was, I guess, a Republican. I'm not really anymore because both sides, uh, have sold out you know, their base. And it's a long, it's a long time. So there's really not, that's, that's really one of the key points that I want to make. There's no one in Washington, DC, who's really on your side. They all are on the same team. How do we control others? And the number one way to control people is with the tax code. And that's really what we see. And it's Um, a strange, it's a strange type of effort at control for uh, American expats overseas. Um, It kind of puts us in a light as if we are by default 
as an expat, we're doing something shady with our money. And I would say, yeah, and I say a lot of this stems from, you know, the whole, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the narrative around the income tax is sort of this, hey, um, it's a class warfare. You know, it, it's, it's, it's legalized class warfare. And it's a very clumsy way that this class is defined um, because we, they, they look at it. Well, we want to go after uh, wealthy taxpayers as well. Do you want to go after wealthy taxpayers or people with high income? Because they're two different things. They're not the same thing. And it's always about the wealthy. Hey, look, this is going to attack the wealthy, the wealthy. And that's how the income tax in 1913 uh, was allegedly passed was like, it's, it's a promise. We're only going to take a little bit from the wealthy and then we're going to create a utopia. And now two, you know, hundred years idea. later. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't think it was really ever. <laughs> I was trying to promote I mean, there was, that. That has no chance. I was, it, it I was has, trying to provoke that part of you that's still Republican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, there, it has no chance. Well, I mean, you see, you see. If you are looking, and I would say, you know, if you are looking for a better world, the income tax is not going to get us there. No. It hasn't done it. It no. will never get us no. there. It, it no. can't get us there. No. Um, it's really just a way because its entire design, it's its founded on a lie. You know, that's really what it is. It's founded on a lie that this is something that we want and will ac accomplish the objectives that people actually want. When in truth, it only serves people in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Those are the only people who benefit from it. And also uh, most, and this is, I would say, something else that drives me is the tax industry itself is you know co-opted um you know they 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 donate money to um republicans and democrats to create more complicated tax um, uh, yes yeah. situations so they can charge their clients more hey you better watch out for the irs they're really crazy they're really going to come after you Yeah, and it goes to say the more confusing the tax code is to the regular folks out there like me uh the more we're going to have to pay to those tax preparers so That's that right. lobby yep. uh that lobby's lobby is pretty powerful uh and unfortunately very effective um, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah and i mean there there there's there's no question that they do it, yeah. Um, and and they're they're they go. It, it's amazing. You just look at their donations and look what they say. And you know, you have the revolving door. You have the revolving door with the IRS and these big tax. And there, you know, our current commissioner comes from Big Four. Yeah. Um, they all do. They yeah. always do. Yeah. Amazingly, yeah. it's like wow. The only people you can find to run the IRS are come from the largest accounting firms. That mm. you know, they don't have any. They don't have really the experience with individuals. But wow, that's amazing. And so, yeah. you know, that's again and again, and it doesn't matter whether it's a Democrat, Republican, yeah. Trump appointed, you know, some big four guy too. That tax um, so, thing is going to go the way it has gone for decades, and there's not going to be any meaningful change. Right. Um, Keith, I think that, Keith, you are very good at telling the truth about that lack of meaningful change. Uh, your your Facebook group, um, American Expats for Residency-Based Taxation, you put the truth out there. Uh, you shine a light on the system and how it's broken. You warn people about the dangers of the current system and uh, to varying degrees, you give advice to people concerning that. Keith, tell, tell me more about the work that you're doing in your group, which I am a huge admirer of. Yeah, no, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I kind of fell into this over, you know, about 13 years ago, just with the advent and the implementation of FATCA, which really brought to the forefront the unique situation of how the U.S. imposes its tax code outside the U.S. on tax residents of other countries. Many people call it citizenship-based taxation and how it adversely affects a number of different populations overseas. I know we talk about expats, 
but I usually use the term, you know, Americans overseas and they fall into some different buckets. You know, you have the short term expat who it really doesn't bother them because they're only on assignment overseas for a few years and their financial center of gravity is in the United States and they're going to be going back there. So they're not really that target audience. I kind of look more at the American emigrants with an E, those Americans who are permanently living overseas and where their financial center of gravity may be in their uh, current country of residence or countries of residence. They may have moved from one country to another. And then the other population that really didn't exist in name before FATCA is the uh, accidental American population. Tell us what so, an accidental American is. There are some people uh, I see in my circle of friends, they don't understand exactly what that is. Can you talk about yeah. that, please? Well, sure. I'll, I'll give you the first, I'll give you the classic example of an accidental American. Please. So let's take, a, let's take a French couple. They are living in the United States for whatever reason. They're in school, working, um, and they have a child, and that child is born in the United States. As a result of that child being born in the United States, they're obviously French because they both have French parents. He, ha he has French parents, but he's also American because he was born on American soil. So as a result of having that U.S. citizenship, he is beholden to the U.S. tax system for the rest of his life. Now, it really wasn't that much of a problem until you fast forward 30 plus years and, well, no, let me back up for a second. So that couple moves back to France with that child. And that child is raised in France, speaks French, doesn't speak English, may or may not have a U.S. passport, may or may not have a Social Security number. And you fast forward and they get that FATIA letter in the mail from their bank because they've been identified as a U.S. person. So as a result, they either have to provide a Social Security number or a certificate of loss of nationality, meaning that they renounce their citizenship. And they, you know, they may not have a social security number. They do nothing from nothing. Right. But they've been identified as a U.S. person, and they are someone, even though they may have left in diapers in the United States, they are required to file and pay any taxes owed to the United States for the rest of their lives. So That's would you a classic example of an accidental American. So what would you advise them to do? Throw that letter in the garbage when it comes? Well, and just I think move it depends. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the situation and on the bank. Sometimes if they have a Social Security number, they will provide it to the bank and then just move on with their lives because yeah. they have no center of financial gravity in the U.S. They have no familial ties to the U.S. They no have assets, nothing in nothing. the U.S., yeah. nothing at all, and they just move forward. Others, if they don't have a Social Security number, well, that gets a little, depending on the bank, a little bit dicey. Sometimes they can self-certify that they are not a U.S. person and they explain why, and the bank may or may not accept that, and they may or may not be able to move forward. Other times they would have to actually renounce and pay the $2,350, get that CLN to satisfy that bank or any future banks, institutions that they may be coming in contact with moving forward. So it creates a, you know, a, quite a situation. Um, I certainly, you know, advise, I help them navigate. I give them the options of what's there and what the pluses and minuses are for those options. 
and what the risk level, the real risk level for those options. And that's whether that be an accidental American or an American immigrant who has not been in the U.S. tax system at all or hasn't well, been in the U.S. tax system for 20, 30 years. Well, John John Richardson from uh, Citizens, CitizenshipSolutions.ca. John, what kind of situations do you come across as an attorney? There's there's a lot of there's a lot of us out there. I can just speak for the American uh, expat community here in Norway. Um, there's a lot of people who have no idea what FBAR or FATCA is. Uh, they get these uh, intimidating letters from their Norwegian bank, and they freak out. And their first inclination is to comply, but they don't know how. Uh, maybe after a, a moment of frustration, they start thinking about, well, let me just get rid of my U.S. citizenship. Can you talk a bit, John, about the real life implications or the real life results of some of this confusion, some of the myths out there, and some of the destructive consequences of the of the current United States tax code? Well, it is incredibly destructive, both in terms of how it, it impacts the sovereignty of other countries and how it impacts ah. the individuals involved. Good point. Uh, I didn't think about the sovereignty issue, but of course that's there. Yeah. Second, I mean, I think that's maybe a part two to your question, but to be very clear on the answer to your question, uh, this is absolutely destroying people's lives. It is leaving them with psychological and emotional scars wherever that they may not be able to recover from. And I think, you know, when somebody approaches you with this situation, you know, I think that the key point is that people need to uh, respond to this situation and not just react, okay? When people react, they do things without thinking clearly and without sort of measuring their response over a period of days to see if that's what they really want to do. Uh, they can do things that can result in uh, the end of their pensions, for example. Uh, they can do things that will result in, uh, you know, what is effectively the confiscation of their assets. Uh, this term, the U.S. Supreme Court is hearing a case called Moore, which is about something called the transition tax, which was passed in 2017, which have applied to Americans abroad. In many cases, forced them to liquidate their businesses to pay this thing. I mean, there's no way anybody who tells you for even a second that this is inconsequential or that these things are just filing obligations is either one, an outright liar, or somebody who's so ignorant, you should get them out of, out of your sight immediately. Like in the United States, there are many people who don't have to pay taxes because of the U.S. tax code. There are many Americans abroad who do not actually owe taxes because of the U.S. tax code. But to be clear, those who it impacts are impacted by a U.S. system of taxation that is different from the system applied to resident Americans, that is far more punitive, it will destroy their finances, and is life-altering. Anthony, where do you think that punitive aspect of the tax code comes from? Why are they so mean to us? <laughs> you know, uh, because I think John, I think John has a great point. It's quite factual that the tax code will punish someone like me, or it's a, it's just a harder process on someone like me, I who have lived in Norway for the last twenty one years, than it is if I were the same John Allen 
living back home in Ohio. Why, where does that punitive aspect come from? Why, why is that? Well, I'm not I saying you boy, can get into the mind yeah, of our legislation, I, I, but what do you, I what would are your say, thoughts? You, you know, I would, I would say something like this, that, um, the U S tax code baseline is all about control and it's all about, and, and it's, it's about control. And, you know, there is the, you know, the federal reserve act and the income tax were passed at the same time. And that's sort of something to think about. Why, why was that? And then we know that the U.S., you know, the U.S. became the world's reserve currency after Bretton Woods. And so it's interesting. You have you have worldwide taxation and the world's reserve currency as well. And some commenters say, you know, that the purpose of the tax code isn't really to raise revenue. It's to destroy excess dollars that the Federal Reserve creates. And so that's really what it's there to do so that hyperinflation doesn't occur. Uh-huh. Um, so so it's what I would say is it's really about control without making it look like you're trying to control people that it's, it gives the, you know, Oh, it's just an income tax. Well, it's actually an income tax. And this is, you know, and this is, if I'm going to write a new book, maybe I'll do it with John because the idea certainly comes from him. Um, is, is that the real constitution of the United States of America is, is no doubt uh, the U S tax code. And a little bit more than that, it's, it's how the, it's not necessarily the code, but what's the IRS says about what the code is because taxes are so complicated. This is just something I have always recognized in, in any situation. If I come, sometimes I'm off. Okay. Sometimes I'm asked to join, say there's a, uh, a divorce proceeding. Okay. And people want to know, okay, what should we do here? Whatever I say, everybody's going to say, okay, yeah, that's what we got to do. I'm always the one like, wow, they, wow. I'm like, you know, the, the amount of respect I get, um, but it's not really me. It's because the income taxes are so complicated. The courts themselves um, don't really understand it, don't want to understand it. You know, in law school, my law school forced everybody to take federal income taxation. And we learned it more at that, that um, not the practical aspect, the more the theoretical version. And that theoretical version that they taught us was kind of a complete lie. <laughs> you know, and it took me a little bit while to figure, wait a second. I mean, I understand that's what it is. And that's what we're conditioned to believe. But still, attorneys didn't want to even know that. Now, here's the thing. Look, I was in class with them. These are all people who are going to be future judges, right? And, yeah. you know, this is where they're yeah. coming from. I know what they don't want to talk about. I know that. Tax was the least thing. Tax is the thing that the people who have no other options go to, <laughs> um, yeah. which is why I got it in 2006. Um, <laughs> but that's really, that. That's really. I would say the, the, the dynamic is something like this. It's, it's that... It's a way to the perp. Why it's so mean is because they can do it. That's why, you know, and that the reason and the only reason why they haven't done it to people in the U.S. is because they can't do it yet. But everything and this is always the concern. And, you know, my 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 why I'm so passionate about this is that everything that you see happen to the expat, what they do is something, it's their trial balloon to impose it on Americans. Well, yes, and isn't it also uh, uh, relevant to mention that there is very little representation for Americans overseas? So they, by default, they just don't care as much about us. Do you know, I mean, and this is, if people overseas, and this is really what you need to understand. As an American person, you exist to serve the federal government. And you serve them by by agreeing to here take my money according to your complicated way, and you know again and, and you know really without the tax industry, this it's really it requires the the complicity of a tax industry that's going to also not have the best interests of their government but rather themselves, 
that say, hey, look, if the government passes this law, this compliance thing, this is good for me personally because I could charge a lot more money to people. And so um, that's and so I would say I, I would say the answer I would say the answer is 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 why is it so punitive because of that 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 private that private uh, public uh, conspiracy. Uh, is why. And it's, they're all designed to, you know, and this, the code is designed to make it more expensive for you. And this is the thing to understand is, is that even if you don't owe taxes, you will have a tax preparation bill in the thousands of dollars if it's done correctly, uh, just to prove you owe nothing. And that, that, where does that, where can that come from? What constituency would vote for well, that? The answer yeah, is this, right? Yeah, it's, it's right. absolutely senseless. It's quite unfair. Unfortunately, it's the reality, but this reality is unfair and senseless. Um, Keith, let me ask you something. Uh, this is going to satisfy sure. my own uh, curiosity, if I can be a little selfish. Uh, now, now, Anthony and John are attorneys. Uh, you, Keith, are more, and this is not to diminish the work that you do. Like I say, I'm a I'm a, I back what you do. I'm a big fan of what you do, Keith. But you're not an attorney. You're more of a everyman, a, a average Joe, a blue collar fighting guy on the streets. <laughs> Where and, and I say that with with the utmost of, of respect no, and, 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 and confidence in what you're doing. Uh, wh where does that come from, Keith? Why? What? What got you started in this work? Well, you know, for many years I was in the pharmaceutical biotechnology industry and specifically in France. I'm American, but I'm also French. And, um, you know, just, you know, what started, it was the advent or the implementation of FATCA because I saw at that moment that this was going to be a problem, first with the banks, but then again, the, old, the, the, the genesis of the problem is the way the U.S. taxes. And not only the way the U.S. Uh, practices its taxation, but as Anthony and John have said, the punitive nature toward American emigrants, you know, Americans who live outside the United States. And I think it's not only, you know, it's a mindset for some unusual reason. There's this bizarre phenomena that if you are American, and you're not living in the United States, the greatest country in all of mankind, then you must be committing some type of nefarious activity or you must be hiding money or living high on the hog, you know, on a yacht somewhere. And yeah. therefore, you must be punished, yeah. which is so far from the truth. You know, I can attest to that over these years with the people with whom I help navigate and help yeah. sometimes actually Very stay away yachts. from Very the U.S. Yachts. tax system. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I think, you know, where I come into play is when I work with American immigrants and accidental Americans around the world, I have a little bit more latitude in really saying, okay, these are your options. And some of those options are actually to stay away from the U.S. tax system. You have no business entering it or re-entering it. And but Keith, but Keith I'm scared. I'm scared. Uh, it's the IRS. It's the U.S. government. Uh, shouldn't right. I comply? Shouldn't I sign on the dotted line and, and report my income? That depends on one's particular profile and circumstances. As I said before, if you have no ties to the United States, and again, each case needs to be weighted on its own merits. Yes. There are situations yes. where, of course, you need to be in the U.S. tax system. But there are situations where there's no reason for you to be in the U.S. Right. tax system. Absolutely you, you, none. You very often tell people without giving concrete advice, you tell them, stop, breathe, ignore 
the dogma out there, ignore the rumors, ignore the misinformation, and think through your situation. If you comply, what will that do to you? If you do not comply, what will that do to right. you? And I exactly. think you've got to explore all your options, the pluses yeah. and minuses. And if you are complying, like, for example, if you're going to the Streamline program, you know, you have to take a look at what does that mean in the immediate and what does that mean moving forward every single year as you start to accumulate more investments, more wealth, more retirement, et cetera? So you have to not have fear be your bellwether. You really have to take a look from a critical standpoint, your situation. And that's what I help people do. Yes, and you do it well, and it's much appreciated. But here's one thing. I want to push on you a little bit here, Keith. Um, okay. ch challenge you just a little bit. <clears throat> I'm playing devil's advocate. Sometimes it's fun to do sure. that. Sure. Uh, there's a group out there called ACA, American Citizens Abroad, and you have spoken out from time to time uh, against some of the things that they say, and you have pointed out ways in which you believe that ACA does not, in fact, uh, properly or sufficiently represent Americans abroad. Well, well, Why I'm going to be. Well, I, I don't want to just single out ACA. I'm going to speak general. There are, in my opinion, and in my view, over these past 13 years. So it's not something that I came up with yesterday. Is that certain American overseas organizations? I they don't understand the American immigrants. They don't understand Americans who have their financial center of gravity in the country in which they live. They don't understand how it's hurting the sovereignty of that country and taking monies out of the economies of those countries. They just, for whatever reason, they are not getting it. And as a result of that, that's where their actions or non-actions um, come into play. And yes, sometimes I can be brusque and I can be very outspoken about it, but I'm going to call them out on it. I'm yeah. going to call them out. Well, continue to do that. Um, John, uh, you're an attorney. You uh, do the work that you do. Is Keith missing out on anything here? <laughs> missing out in what, in what sense? <laughs> well, he's this brusque guy on the street and he's telling people to just stop and evaluate their situation and uh, don't rush into the system. Now, very often you'll see an attorney, some of the first evidence that attorneys will give uh, is to get in line with the letter of the law. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, if you go to a lawyer, uh, you go to a, an accountant, uh, you know, generally what they're going to do uh, is they're going to read you the riot act, all right, in the sense that, uh, you know, here's what the law is and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, there are... Blah, 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 but that's the law. Well, that's right. And they're, and the reason, that, and they say that they do this for two reasons, okay? Uh, the first, well, at least two reasons, right? The first is uh, that they are regulated you know, by professional bodies, all right, that, you know, generally create a presumption of, of being required to tell people what the law is. Okay, now that's somewhat different from telling them that they must comply, but I mean, they're required to tell them what the law is and certainly, you know, tell them of the consequences of non-compliance, right? So that, you know, that's, you know, that's the first. Uh, the second is that, um, you know, I don't think lawyers and accounts in general, have a very, have any understanding of this particular problem, all right? 
So, I mean, let's say you have somebody who uh, was born outside the United States to a U.S. citizen parent, is a U.S. citizen only because their parents went out and, you know, registered some kind of a certificate of birth abroad, perhaps doesn't even speak English. Uh, you know, they find out about this. And so, you know, they'll call up, uh, you know, a lawyer or a CPA firm or something. Oh, by the way, on this, I want to pause myself for a minute. I want to make what I think is an extremely important point. That we're talking about taxation, but when people are not in compliance with these rules, they do not, I repeat, do not have a tax problem. What they have is a compliance problem, specifically a non-compliance problem, and it needs to be evaluated in that sense. Okay, so I do not think that uh, a lawyer... Uh, and uh, yeah, and I'll commit to this. Okay, I do not think that a lawyer is serving the interests of the client properly by simply telling them, you know, what the law is, and you know, and here's what happens if you don't comply. Because, you know, the effect of this, it is. I mean, I agree that there's a, a range of people. I mean, the you know, the way I think this should be viewed from somebody you know, was born in the United States and moved out of the United States at age 30 or something, you know, the history of being in the U.S. tax system, I think is probably quite different, you know, from somebody who's never lived in the United States and doesn't speak English, for example. So I think that a, a good advisor in this area, I, I think has a moral, uh, ethical, and I, I believe legal obligation to tell these people exactly what it means, you know, to start entering the U.S. tax system. Uh, and I think that that might include, uh, well, why don't we complete some mock returns or get somebody to see what's actually at stake here? I mean, if you're somebody, your whole investment portfolio is mutual funds, for example, non-U.S. mutual funds, the advice that you're going to get. <laughs> Anthony <you're>, cringes. <laughs> it's all over, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, I think that that needs to be done. Uh, and then I think an appropriate decision must be made. Now, appropriate decisions include things beyond taxation, beyond penalties, but include, you know, do they really want to be a U.S. citizen? The answer is almost certainly not, okay, and, and at least the scenario I'm talking about. And how uh, does the composition of their financial assets, their tax situation, present, past, possible, future, a bear on uh, the whole renunciation issue. Uh, are they in a situation where they can, I mean, it's always work. There's always going to be some expense, but exit the whole thing, you know, legally and relatively easily uh, in comparison to what it could be, then that's what I think they should do. But I mean, generally, you know, that's how I think an advisor should respond to this. Would you say that most Americans who live abroad and end up renouncing their American citizenship, most of them have um, tax compliance or the whole tax situation as a main part of that decision to renounce their citizenship? Uh, you can put it that way if you want, okay, but I would put it somewhat differently because the reality is, like many Americans in the United States, they don't actually owe a lot in U.S. taxes. I would say that the regulatory overreach uh, is a major factor, uh, whether they owe taxes or not, and many of them don't. I mean, let me put it this way to you, sort of coming off a call I had with somebody this week. Here's the, here's the problem they're faced with, right? The first problem is if they're going to comply, enormous compliance costs. And they're enormous for everybody. 
Because if you have a simple return, it means you have, you know, probably low income. Okay. So, you know, you pay, uh, I'm going to make up a number of uh, 800 US dollars or something, you know, which, may, which, which is certainly what they, a lot of, a lot of people pay. That's a, that's a real large amount of money for that kind of person, right? So the first problem, and if you have a complex situation, you can pay tens of thousands. So it's still a problem, right? I mean, the cost just, you know, relates to the complexity of the situation. The second problem, and this, and you think that's bad, but this is far worse. The second problem of this is that it forces people to think about this all the time, draining their mental productive capital into something that's just absolute total bullshit. You know, a country they don't even live in, et cetera. So in other words, what they're doing is they're using their valuable time and energy thinking about, uh, you know, how do I comply with the, the income tax laws and reporting laws of a country that I, you know, I don't or I've never lived in, et cetera. Now, that's the third. And then the highest cost of all, right, you know, the three costs is this, is that, you know, so you want to be in compliance with the U.S. tax laws. Okay, that's fine. So if you're going to be in compliance with U.S. tax laws, you've effectively made the decision that you cannot take advantage of most sanctioned retirement planning vehicles in your country of residence. Because That's crippling. That's financially crippling for a lot of people. So, I mean, the bottom line, you know, is simply this. All right, Anthony, did you know? They don't care. Oh, hold on. They don't care that they don't care, I want to say. All roads lead. All roads lead to renunciation, yeah. Oh. You know, that's for the people who have no connection to the U.S. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's no doubt about it. So, I mean, you know, my thoughts on it, I mean. Well, that's part of the punitive aspect of this. They comply for the purpose of renunciation, number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or two, what they don't know, and I've seen this time and time again, is, you know, somebody calls you, they want to come into compliance. They say, okay, you know, here, I'll refer to you. And, you know, you know, if you really want, I'll refer you to an accountant to help you do that, et cetera. But what I know that they don't know is that entering the U.S. tax system is the first step towards renunciation because they know, you know, they don't, you know, they'll learn the effects of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, John, John Richardson bringing a, a, a taste of, of, uh, of uh, a Pentecostal preacher in his enthusiasm when he speaks about <laughs> this issue. Uh, I love it. It started off with your microphone being too low, but you, we, we hear you loud yeah, and clear yeah, now, brother. Right, yeah. <laughs> Look, this is the simple fact, or should I say the fact of the matter. And the rest of the stuff that's spun online, you know, from these accounts, et cetera, is pure theoretical fantasy. Yeah. If I just can comment on, 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 I just want to comment, Keith does such a valuable service because one of the easiest things to do as a tax attorney is I could scare anybody into hiring me. I could do it. Sure. And yeah. if I want to throw that fear, doubt, and uncertainty at you, you yeah. won't be able to keep up. You're going to write no. a check. Okay, just make the pain go away. Yeah. yeah. The problem with that is now you have a client who is so fearful, they can't think. They can't even think. And that's why I never want to have a client like that. I want you to be very sober. This is what you want to yeah. do. Okay, yes. great. Let's Excellent. do it because we're going to do it. Um, but I don't want to be... In, and right now, and it still happens, you'll find someone, oh my God, I'm not in compliance. They call... You know, and you're gambling, you you dial. And, you know, I've had clients who've entered into the the full voluntary disclosure program. They weren't, they weren't there, they weren't criminal in any way. No. There was another program for them that might have had no penalty. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what it didn't have? It didn't have the legal fees. 
that uh, uh, and well, so it's just heart heartbreaking. And there's to that see. lobbying. There's that lobbying force that that puts a lot of spin on this to generate what cash exactly. for certain and, institutions and individuals. And, and it really comes down. I mean, there's there's one unfortunate. You know, there's one. You know, I have. You know, I really care about these people. And you know, imagine this: you inherit. You know, a, a couple million dollars from from your dad who worked his whole life. This is your entire retirement. You're near the end of your life and, you know, your health isn't 100% great. You read about this, you freak out. Um, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to go to jail because that's what the IRS is putting out there. They're putting that out there. You call, oh, I better call the best attorney I can. And they're saying, oh yeah, you're going to go to jail. So you better do this. You go ahead and do it. And now you counter the IRS that takes your entire wealth. So what was the point of doing that? You were, yet you yet were, again, another punitive aspect of right. the system as it stands yeah. right now. I want to ask you something, Anthony, in closing. This is also a little bit of a question for you, John. Um, I believe you, Anthony, were the first one to quote Mr. John Richardson when he said, and I quote, the values of a country are revealed by its tax policies. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that line. That's a powerful... That somebody should put that in a frame. Yeah, no, that I, I got to do that. I, I got I got to do that. That is such a brilliant statement. And I would say this: Well, you know, we're 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 a country that believes in American exceptionalism. We actually believe that. We actually believe because that there's a thing called American exceptional, and that we are actually better than everyone else. And doesn't and that manifest itself when exactly. our when our when the IRS can actually go to to banks in other countries and say, if you don't do this, that, or the other, this is what we're going to do against you. Exactly, and so I, 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 exactly right. And it's it's that American exceptional arrogance. It's so arrogant to, and, 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 you know, smelling your own farts here. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's a big world out there and we're the ones convinced we know the right way to do everything and everyone else in the world is stupid. Therefore we can, can control them. And that is really the American exceptional mindset. And that is obviously manifesting yeah. in the tax code and how it is, is, is pushed around the world. One quick subject, if we can use with maybe five minutes on this. I'll start with you, Keith. Uh, there's a bill that has been introduced in Congress, uh, and this bill claims to make the whole tax compliance, tax filing situation easier for Americans overseas. Uh, tell me about this bill, Keith, and tell me if it does, in fact, make things easier, please. Sure. I'm going to leave the meat and potatoes to John and Anthony because they'll explain it better. But this bill is not a tax simplification bill. It still supports citizenship-based taxation hmm. with a carve-out for certain Americans overseas. The people I deal with who are American immigrants and who are accidental Americans and those who are not in the U.S. tax system, this bill does not help them. It does not help them at all. Well, what does the bill claim to do? I'm going to defer that question to John or Anthony to explain it better. Anthony, would you please? What, yeah, if you if you please, Anthony, what does this new bill claim to do, and who is bringing it uh, before Congress? Well, the, what it claims to do is going to expand the foreign earned income exclusion, make it apply, give it a bigger give a bigger exemption, and make it apply to other forms of uh, of of. Uh, of income that aren't currently covered by it. Aren't they um, raising the income to like 400,000? Yep. And so if you make less than 400,000, in other words, you don't, um, mm, yeah, there's a, there's, you know, and this is what I would say. See, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, not really. And you don't simplify things by, no. by making more of it. 
To simplify <laughs> things, you make it smaller. So you're adding various, and it's amending various parts of the U.S. code, not just the tax code, but it's also amending uh, Title 31, the Bank Secrecy Act, too, in this various simplification. So that's the question. Well, why is it more language? Um, and actually, what it does is makes things complicated because now everybody has to go see, well, do I do I apply for that carve-out? You have to go through this whole analysis. No, you don't apply for the carve-out. Okay, now I got to do the whole thing. So you're, you're creating a whole process that doesn't really do it. If you want to simplify it, you could, but it doesn't really seem what I want to. So here's the questions that I would have. And this is sort of how I see it. Actually, I actually think it's going to pass. And here's the reason why. Oh, for do the, you? Yeah, for the same reason why fat got passed. So what's going to happen is this, and then watch this. Watch this. Like, okay, number one, who wrote this? I want to know who wrote this. Who was the constituency? We have the representative saying they wrote it, but no, no, no. I want to know who actually wrote it. Okay, tell me the who was the person. I want to know the name of the person who wrote it. Um, let's find out who actually wrote it, where and where did they get their orders? Second of all, um, uh, what will, this is, this is the question, this is where it's going, this is where it's headed. What will the Congressional Budget Office score this as? Will this, will, will they, because this is where, this is what, this is where it's all going. Will they score, score this as costing lost revenue or will they say, oh, actually this is a good law because it's going to increase revenue. Now I'm going to go with the second that the CBO is going to score this as a revenue increaser, the Tax Simplification Act. And the reason why is because hidden in there is a expanded FATCA penalties and expanded things covered by the FBAR. That the penalties, and they're saying, oh, well, we'll get, make a simpler report, but what they're doing in there too is they're adding additional penalties. So what will happen is the Congressional Budget Office say, oh yeah, hey, look, look at this penalty. Hey, we think you had it good before. This is even better. This is even a better penalties regime for the IRS. So the CBO will score it as a revenue increaser. So now that is the reason why it will pass because our Republicans friends will come along and say, hey, look, we have a new spending bill. We need some offsets. Oh, hey, this is a revenue raiser. Let's put it in. No one's going to read it. It's it, they'll, they'll just accept the Congressional Budget Office belief that it will increase revenue, which is sort of conflicts with the, well, I thought this was supposed to be a tax simplification. Right. Um, so it's it's in no way, shape, or form any more simpler. That, that's just a lie. And it will likely, I will likely pass uh, because the CBO will score it as a revenue raiser. And this is how they got FACA through. FACA got through because it was going to raise all this revenue. Of course, none of it happened. It didn't happen. Everyone else had to board, you know, all these banks and individuals had to bear these costs that didn't result in additional revenue to the to 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 the government. But that just because it completely violated, you know, it completely was ran against the CBO's projections is not a reason why it would be would be ruled unconstitutional or deemed unworthy. The lie is always, you know, they they put the lie out there. This is what it will raise. Yep, we'll offset more spending. And, you know, and, and so are yet for some reason, you know, federal spending goes up and up and up. And this is through the PAYGO Budgeting Act, that if you have an additional revenue, you have to come up with savings. And so that's what I really look this to, to do. That's, that's, and so, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's more thought behind this than you think. Let me. Let me get a quick comment from you, John Richardson. Uh, if you can keep it to 60 seconds or less, if you would, please. Uh, support contrarian thought uh what do you think about what anthony just said in his description of what this new bill will do agree or disagree uh let me just say what it's about and why it's not going to work okay number one the only real benefit 
for individual taxpayers is that the foreign earned income exclusion has been expanded to include things like unemployment benefits. Okay, so it expands the type of income that's covered under the foreign earned income exclusion, but leaves the amount intact. So for that small group of people, there's a benefit. On the filing thing, the simplified filing, it applies only to people with gross income of less than 400000 and who do not owe any U.S. tax. Pause. But the income type that is still very clearly taxable are things like guilty, PFIC, et cetera, are things that are specifically designed to generate U.S. tax on expats. So I don't think it's going any, you know, I don't think it's going to be helpful for that reason. Thirdly, you know, you still have to go to an account to figure out whether you owe the U.S. tax. I mean, at best, it's just a different form you file. So uh, although I, I do you think it's going to pass? Do you think this is going to pass? I'm sorry to interrupt, but we got to wind it up a little bit. Do you think this bill is going to pass, John? Republicans control Congress. How can it pass? It's a bill coming from a Democrat. Oh, we're going to have a bet, John. I'll bet you. Okay, yeah, whatever. I mean, well, it'll be exciting to see. Yeah. Regardless how it turns out, it will be exciting to see. Um, I'm sorry, but I have to cut this uh, a little bit short. This is the kind of discussion that could go on for at least an hour. Now, my episodes tend to go along. Uh, I want to invite all three of you back to kind of expand on this topic. So I want to say to my viewers and listeners, uh, keep watching because this kind of conversation, this exact conversation, we will get into it again in a more uh, long form uh, format of at least an hour because there's so many questions that pop up in the minds of people. You know, this is my third episode, I believe, uh, on this issue with John Richardson and Keith Redmond. Uh, uh, I welcome you for the first time, Anthony, but you know, this is a repeating theme that I have and these conversations get a lot of responses because people are confused, people are scared, if I may, if I may just briefly interject and uh, just to say, please, we do, please. we, John, Anthony and I do a weekly podcast on these issues as well. And you can get those over at IRS Medic on the YouTube channel. So we do great channel people. It's week. a great, it's a great channel people. I strongly recommend you go there and check it out. If you have any questions about these kind of things, these guys cover it on that podcast, IRS Medic on YouTube. We, and I always tell people, um, you know, we go live all the time, and um, and, and and this is what's happening. You know, before when I had the podcast, it was hard to find topics that were, you know, current events, wow. and now it's impossible to keep track. It, yeah, it's it's yeah. constant. So we're going live all the time because a bill was passed. So um, if you do go there, be sure to subscribe and turn on the notifications. That way, you know when we're live because we like to go live to answer real questions from you. So that is, uh, and it's just constant. So there's always something going on. I want people to stay here and watch me and listen to me, but I also want to tell people the truth, which is the format that you three have on your podcast is excellent. It, you guys answer so many questions and you put it out there in practical terms that are easy for people to understand. I want to reiterate that it is easy for people to understand the knowledge that you three put out there. A lot of people, when they think taxes, IRS, it's confusing, it's crazy, it's hard to understand, and it is all of those things. However, there are people like you three out there who lay it out there in an understandable format. I appreciate you guys. I know my viewers and listeners will appreciate you guys if they go over to your podcast on YouTube, IRS Medic. Uh, I want everybody also to go to Facebook to uh, Keith Redmond's uh, Facebook group that will be a link to that in the uh, description of this episode. You guys can also check out John <clears throat> Richardson, excuse me, John Richardson on his website, which I will also put 
in the description of this episode. Thank you three for doing this. Uh, thanks a lot. Stick around for a couple more seconds. I want to talk to you guys on the other end. Thank you everybody for watching and listening to this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. Remember, go to my website, johnallenpod.com. That's J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. That's where you can find all of the work that I do. And don't forget my audiobook. You want to know more about me, who I am, and why? It's all there in the audiobook. It's me reading it to you. I write a chapter. I go immediately to the microphone. I read it in. You pay only $5 a month, and you'll get a new chapter every week. Check it out. Thank you for your support. Go out there, love, and be loved, and enjoy the process. Thanks, everybody.